Katie McDonald, welcome to the Wolf Den. Great to be here. Excellent, excellent. Now, I thought we might start by talking about Saturday's racing. You were at headquarters at Randwick? Yes, I was. It was a great day. The sun was out. Uh, saw some superb racing, of course. Yeah. The new inaugural seven stakes, which yes. you saw Think It Over. Yeah. The big old Marvel getting over the top of Zaki there. Um, yeah, it was an awesome day of racing. Yeah. And so Think It Over is its race is one of the races I want to talk about. And I also thought we might talk about two races down in Melbourne on the same day. Mm. Because Romantic Warrior is obviously coming into the coming for the Cox Plate. Yeah, he's you've got a You've got a bit of a, an affiliation with it, I guess, because James is going to ride it. And what I thought we might just have a bit of a talk about is, did you see anything from Amelia's Jewels, right? Amelia's Jewel Race, Jewels Race, the Let's Elope, and then also the Maccabi Diva Stakes, which Mr. Brightside was super impressive in, and also think it over. Did any of those any of those winners or any of the horses that ran the placings impress you enough to think that they can challenge Romantic Warrior? I'd say think it over. He's mm-hmm. a, such a good two thousand meter horse. Of course, yep. he won a Queen Elizabeth. Um, going back through his record, God, he's good over the 2,000 metres. Whereas when you look at someone like Mr. Brightside, um, I'd just say that he is a top miler. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe the 2,000 metres, of course, he's already had a spin around a Cox Plate where he wasn't beaten all that far. Yeah. Um, and he's probably going the best he's ever been this preparation too. So, yeah, he's certainly a horse that um, you need to include. Um, Amelia's Jewel, interesting run, mm. I thought. Um Yep, she was super. She drew a wide barrier, came to the race, lethal turn of foot. Um, but, you know, we're talking about running over horses like Life Lessons and El Patroness. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she did, got the job done. So pass mark for me. Um, Want to see her, you know, do it again. Yeah, at um, level. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Um, yeah. But, yeah, look, think it over. God, what a horse he is. Mm. He's, yeah, he's, um, tough. he's tough. Puts himself in the right spot. Yeah. 2,000 metres, no worries at all. Um and yeah, Nash rides him superbly. So he's yeah, he's certainly a horse that um, I've got my eye on. Yes. Uh, and what an incredible training performance to bring him back from a bowed tendon. Yeah. Um, he's just he must be so tough. Yeah, and I heard Ronnie Ronnie Duffersy say that it's quite easy to get horses back from bowed tendons, but it's hard to get them back at the top level and oh, winning. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of good horses at bowed tendons come back, and they just never recapture yeah. their form. Yeah. So it sounds like you spend a lot of time doing the form. Is that do you spend a lot of time doing the form for yourself to punt and, and then is it also an important part of your role at Channel 7 and your other media roles? Yeah, I love doing the form um, yeah. and I do have a little a dabble on on some that I'm, I'm pretty confident with and, um, yeah, I enjoy working for punters.com so I put my weekly tips in yeah. um, for Melbourne and do a first four in every race and a best bet and, and try and find a roughie for the punters. Yeah, I really, really enjoy doing the, um, the form side of things now and, of course, yeah, you don't want to fall off the table with next to Bruce McAvaney uh, yeah. on the form going through the mounting yard for Channel 7. So, yeah, no, it keeps me in good stead, making sure that I'm all around it. Um, do like to have a, a, a bet every now and again, um, not religiously. I yeah. just – when I am when I back myself, I, I really do. And, um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's really fun. I suppose as a jockey it was um, – you do your form, but you're more so one-eyed on that horse that you're riding. Whereas now that I'm, I'm not um, emotionally attached to anything mm. like that riding side of thing or ownership. I've got a couple of horses, but I just look at um, form as a as a whole now, and I think that I I see it a lot a lot better, a lot clearer. Mm. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's good. Yeah, and you mentioned Bruce, and I'd like to talk a little bit about him. But before that, so I've sort of at a reasonably amateur level do a bit of media stuff and doing stuff with you like this 
And I found that it's actually quite a lot harder than you think to, you know, to interview people and to also to present. Like presenting is actually really hard. Interviewing is not too bad because you can bounce off the other person. But when you've got to look straight at the camera and just talk, it's actually pretty difficult. Yeah. Have you found that, that it's hard and it's taking you a long time to, to continue to in, improve your craft? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've been super lucky. I've, um, as a jockey, I was always getting interviewed and then to be on the other side was hard. So mm. it, was, it took me a long time to... Um, to be able to get that experience, to be able to do it. But I mean, I I was so lucky to be given the opportunity to, to retire from the saddle and then work for Channel 7. So I pretty much did my apprenticeship next to Bruce and, and learnt off the best. So mm. um, yeah, to work alongside um, the likes of Bruce and Hamish McLaughlin and, and Jason Richardson and Emma Friedman, um, I pinch myself still to this day. So I, I do... Um, super lucky to uh, be tutored by the best. Mm. And you're also working with James on the weekend as well, yeah? Oh, doesn't it annoy you how good he is? Yeah. Uh, oh, he's just like a duck to water. Yeah. <laughs> he was, he's, um, he doesn't even fumble and he's, yeah, he's, he's uh, incredible. And I suppose I actually learn a lot from James um, on Channel 7 every yeah. Saturday too because he talks more about racing than what we do at home. Yeah. So, yeah, no, he's, uh, he's incredible and he's still got another week um, to go. So get it few more insights from him on uh, yeah. Golden Rose Day. And do you think because he's just done so much media work himself that he just, he's just naturally learned because people are constantly asking questions? I don't know. Yeah. I just think he's, I don't know, he's naturally just good at it. He's not, I suppose yeah. he's not, um, doesn't get nervous. Yeah. I think that nerves are a big thing um, in front of the camera. Yeah. Uh, and talking to people and, and mm. stuff like that. So I think um, that's probably what comes into it and he's pretty confident. Yeah. And I saw he, there was a Channel 7 put up a tweet where James says at the start of the day, oh, I was pretty excited when I knew I was going to be working with the King and he's referring to Bruce. Yeah. And is there, you know, I mean, obviously he's amazing to work with. He's one of the most famous broadcasters in Australia. He's a national treasure. Everybody loves him. Mm. Is there anything that you've sort of learnt off him that would be unexpected as to how to be as good at his craft as he is? Uh, not really. No, he's, um, yeah, no, it's, I just think he works so hard at what he does. So everything's handwritten mm -hmm. um, and he takes it home. He doesn't throw it out. All his form is mm -hmm. everything Everything that you see sort of on the – if you watch it closely enough, you'll see like pages and pages of uh, form that he's done and it's all handwritten. There's no best bets or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So he's, he's just um, – he's one of a kind and the knowledge that he has mm -hmm. from especially – I know he's been around a long time mm -hmm. but – He'll be able to reel off what Kingston Town did yeah. yesterday, like and, and and you know the the lead the lead up all these races, mm. where horses go, and then if you asked him about the athletics, he'd know where this runner is going to go at the Commonwealth Games or or yeah. anything like that. He's he's a remarkable human. So he's, he's a very hard worker. Is he like spends a lot of time preparing? Yeah, oh massive. Yeah. 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 And is there any other broadcasters, maybe female broadcasters as well? And it doesn't have to be in, in racing stuff that you look at and and inspire you. Um, yeah, I'd say Emma Friedman. Yeah, yeah, yeah love, she's, she's, love Emma. She's doing well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, such a hard worker. Yeah. Any sport you put her in, she's just she's just uh, superb at. Um, of course, we saw her over the Matildas covering that. She was she was awesome. Yeah, love Mel McLaughlin. Yep. Um, I follow her closely as well with the sport, and uh, yeah, we've got some pretty good female talent. Yeah, absolutely. So if we go back to sort of when you were becoming a jockey, so. Did you finish school or did you go straight ride? No, I left school halfway through year 10. Yeah. Had my first ride at yeah. 16 years old. And yeah. obviously you have a, your family has a long history as being jockeys. Your, your grandfather, did he 
win three Caulfield three Caulfield Cups. Cups yeah, yeah. Uh, Mickey Mellion, yeah, he was a star of his day. He spent most of the time on the sidelines because he was pretty naughty, chucking, mm. um, knocking them all over. And um, yeah, no, he's obviously it, it was in the blood. Um, never uh, could remember wanting to be anything else. Just was purely wanted to be a jockey. I remember telling dad, mum, and dad driving past racing. Victoria, you need to tell them um, that I'm ready now. And I was like yeah. 12 years old. Wow. Dad's like, and I was I was so little. Yeah, but were um, you, so you're riding a lot. Were you already oh, very yeah. accomplished on a horse back then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was riding before I could walk. Yeah. Um, obviously, I was lucky that Dad trained, uh, Mum and Dad trained. So you know, I was always had ponies. Did the whole pony club thing growing up. And um, yeah, as soon as I was, I got my license at 14 years old. I was riding track work yeah. and building up. And I, you know, most horses used to bolt on me. And yes. um, I was so little. I was like, did you lack strength? Kilos. Like, do you feel like you? Absolutely. Yeah. I actually think uh, the whole way through my riding, I, I wasn't strong. Um, yeah. I think it was more technique than anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I was look, I was super lucky. Um, I feel a little bit sorry for the apprentices that don't have that um, family sort of connection with racing because, you know. Uh, to be a 16, I think you have to be 18 now to ride um, in a race. So it's, they've definitely um, lifted the sort of the age bracket now. So, um, you know, there the are apprentices that have to go to a big stable and, um, yeah, I'm sure they're looked after and that, but mm. not as much as what it is if you've only got five horses in work and it's your dad. And I used mm. to ring him up and say, Dad, can I have the morning off? I'm too tired. So and he was like, your master. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So dad um, was my master and then... For two years and then I, I had a bad fall and when I came back from that um, it was time for me to go to Flemington and be apprentice there and um, I went to Matthew Allerton and Simon Zara they were together at the time and yeah they were they were awesome bosses yeah, yeah. and so what, what year was this like what 2010 yeah about uh, 2012 I fell so I was yeah so I was back and is, about but is that and so you had that, that really bad fall in 2012 but you still won the apprenticeship that yeah. year didn't you yeah yeah I missed out on four months um but I was so far in front that I, I yeah. won the premiership and first awesome. w- woman to ever do it right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I was yeah yeah and I don't why? think anyone else has done it since either I won two yeah two in yeah. a row and what do you put I mean that's pretty amazing success like what do you put down to so quickly becoming the best apprentice in, in Victoria I think it was the the drive. I, I honestly I set myself goals every season, and I just would not stop until I achieved them. And mm. um, you know, I, I always just tried to um, if if I made a mistake, I would just do anything possible to make it better. You mm. know, if I if I gave one a bad ride, I'd I'd ring the owner, ring the trainer, and just beg them, please give me another opportunity on this horse, even if it was a Ballarat mm-hmm. or Bendigo or, you know, in at mm-hmm. zero fifty eight, it wouldn't matter if it was at Warwick Nabil. I just want to win everything. Um, so you're super competitive? Yeah, super yeah. competitive. But just always, like, you can never stop learning. You can never stop getting better. So yeah. um, I just always, always just tried to um, make it better and um, set new goals. And I was lucky enough when I came. So I, my first goal was just to um, ride and outride my claim, which I was lucky enough to do. I think um, Michelle Payne's the only one that did it before me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then followed in her footsteps and then I sort of um, just wanted to ride my apprenticeship to buy a house and start my life sort of thing. Never thought that I'd ride as a senior jockey until um, I, I went on a good horse called Heatherly in a, mm-hmm. in a Rubiton and um, then Lloyd Williams jumped on board and I was number one for Lloyd for Team Macedon for, for a good year. So, um, yeah, I was super lucky to be honest. I'm, I'm very blessed in the eight years or so that I rode, mm. um, rode at the top level. And what was it like being part of Team Williams? 
It was awesome. Yeah. yeah, my favorite time. Yeah, I was, you know, to talk to Lloyd on a daily basis and ride the caliber of horses that I was riding was, yeah, um, yeah it was extraordinary. Um, Who were some of the great horses that you rode in that era? My first ever winner for Lloyd was a horse called Faulkner. Yeah, as an apprentice. Horse. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he went on to win a Caulfield Cup, and then. Um, I rode a horse called A Sign to yeah. win a Herbert Power yeah, and, and then, then carried on riding him in a Melbourne yeah. Cup. Yeah. He was a good horse. Rode a horse called Al Mandan who yeah. won a Melbourne Cup. Yeah. Unfortunately, I wasn't on him, but I rode a sign in that Melbourne Cup. So, yeah, yeah just uh, the opportunity that um, Mr. Williams gave me was, um, yeah, I was felt very privileged. So you had first pick of, for a period that you had first pick of the rides, did you? Yeah, I yeah. was, um, yeah, riding, riding all the Johannes Vermeer and a Caulfield Stakes, just got beat on him and, um, yeah, it was it was pretty uh, pretty surreal. So what did that involve? Like, were you out at Mount Macedon every morning and stuff? No, no, yeah. I used to do the Mooney Valley Gallops for Lloyd, yeah. which was, I think, uh, on a Friday morning and, um, yeah, no, I'd never, never actually been out to Macedon. Right, so has, uh, yeah, because I would have assumed that, if you're riding for him, you have to go and ride work all the time at his property. But it wasn't like no, that. He just no. – he has his own track riders and they bring them into the city and, and yeah. someone like you jumps on them. I think um, in I think in Melbourne the way that Lloyd wanted his horses ridden was I was a perfect rider for them and that was forward. Yes. Um, I didn't mind that I was labelled as a front-running jockey and most of the, most of the people – um, that put me on one of their horses leading because mm. I like leading. That was awesome. It's making every post a winner and I was good at it. Um, so, yeah, I didn't mind. I picked up a ride um, called Grey Lion mm -hmm. in a Geelong Cup who was narrowly beaten by a horse called QE who was airborne at the time. Mm. But the only reason why I got that ride was because I was good at front-running rides. So, yeah, that year I got offered two horses in the Melbourne Cup. I couldn't believe it. So I had to knock back Grey Lion. But um, – yeah, no, I was um, – yeah, I didn't mind getting labelled a front-running jockey. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then so 2012 you had that horrendous fall and you are in a coma for like a week, is that right? Yeah, yeah, just under a week. Was yeah. it an induced coma? Or? Induced, yeah. yeah. Apparently I was fighting everyone trying yeah. to trying to get out of my uh, – I was handcuffed to the bed. <laughs> yeah, wow. I, did, I actually can't remember anything yeah. with that fall, so can't remember you, the day. Like you bounced straight out of hospital bed and were like, I'm getting straight back on the horse, I don't care. Like, yeah, yeah, I was did, 18. Did I just turned 18. Yeah. And um, I was, as as you said before, I was um, so far in the premiership. I was thinking I was like 24 wins in front of the next apprentice. And, um, yeah, I still had – there was four months to go and, um, yeah, broke my back and obviously wasn't going to be getting back in the saddle for, for a while. So I missed out on that following season. And um, I think Chad Schofield came down and he won that following premiership and then – um, once I've ripped my brace off and got um, back into it, um, got my weight down and then won the following premiership. So I was, um, mm. yeah, super lucky that everyone got behind me. But I, I think um, having that fall made me a better person, mm -hmm. uh, a better rider. Mm -hmm. um, why why Well, exactly? I just think I was so um, one-eyed on being a jockey and mm -hmm. just as selfish and, um, you know, I just – I think – I think you have to be a little bit selfish to be any good in mm -hmm. whatever you do. Um, but, yeah, I think I think that I, I the whole world was just riding, whereas I think when I broke my back it just sort of came crashing down a little bit for me and had to sort of work my way back up and realise I wasn't invincible. I thought I was pretty good back then. And, yeah, um, yeah and then once I came back, um, made a few errors and got an almighty spray off Danny O'Brien one day and I was like, oh, no. like this He is seems a pretty calm guy too. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, he's um, no, he's a good man, Danny. And, uh, yeah, so 
I had to work my way back up and which I was lucky enough that I was able to do that. A um, lot of support. Um, but, yeah, I just sort of I, – I just took a step back and realised life wasn't just all about writing and, um, yeah, and I probably enjoyed it a lot more mm. and then was lucky enough to write a Group 1 winner. Yeah, Silence Edition. Yeah, yeah. which Mini is pretty Valley. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. And so what year was Silence Edition? 20... 2017, I think she was. Two th- right. And then, yeah, okay, so the Melbourne Cup 2016. 16, yeah. Then Silence Edition 2017. Then 2018, you retire. Yeah. And it all sort of seemed to you, – you seemed to retire very quickly. Yeah. So what was the catalyst for that? Why did you just decide that I'm done? I would suppose um, back to like I only really wanted to ride throughout my apprenticeship and I always had ambitions to um, go into the media or um, I actually wanted to be a vet nurse um, and work my way up there mm-hmm. for a little while. Um, I just always had um, – I just thought there was more to – once I had fell, I thought there was more to life than just being a jockey right. and, and going through the motions. So it was always going to be a short stint as a jockey. You knew that you'd do another yeah. four or five years and then Yeah, absolutely. Retire. And I, to be honest, I probably would have retired a lot earlier um, if it wasn't for the support that I got coming out of my apprenticeship because it's quite daunting and mm. I feel for the apprentices that um, that come out and have to then, you know, you level playing field with the best. And, mm. and um, that was what it was like for me. But I suppose I was able to ride light, which... Yeah, so you some... never had issues with your weight? You didn't have to? Um, in the end, I did. Yeah, um, yeah I, I sort of... Um, I suppose when you lose your passion for it a little bit, your weight starts going up. But, um, yeah, so I've obviously met James the year that he came down for Godolphin, yep. which was the year that I rode in the Melbourne Cup, so uh-huh. 2016. We started dating then and... Um, he, he went back to Sydney and I went back to Melbourne and said, I'm the best in Melbourne. Well, I'm not moving to Sydney. He's not moving <laughs> to Melbourne. So uh, I was like, well, see you later. And then he came knocking on my doorstep because he got disqualified. Yeah. So uh, he, he uh, lived with me f- in Melbourne for a um, year and a half till it was time to go back. And, of course, he was he everything was up here in Sydney for him. So, um, yeah, if it wasn't for that d- disqualification, he prob- we probably wouldn't be together. And um, I, I made the tough move to um come up here i rode here for a little bit i was lucky enough to um ride for gay waterhouse who was a big supporter of mine Mm -hmm. and adrian and uh and i got to know all the jockeys and Mm -hmm. trainers who i really wouldn't have known um because i never really left melbourne Mm. um so i spent a couple of months riding up here and um then i retired but yeah you know two competitors under the same roof just doesn't work for me. I'm mm. too competitive. Like if I was going to Kemble Grange on a Saturday and James is going to Randwick riding five winners, yeah, I just wouldn't be happy. Like I just couldn't be that happy if I was losing weight going to Kemble and not riding a winner and you know what I mean? That That's how I am. But so, and it, but it was nothing to do – I mean I, you know, I've got a family and I just can't imagine that it would be possible to, you know, both be leading jockeys racing all over the world, all over the country and stuff. Is that Was that part of it or was it mostly just that – yeah, you just didn't want to be in competition with your life partner. Yeah, that it was a range of things, really. Um, obviously, I've, the injuries that I've had with my back, it, it hurts, and my weight was creeping up. And um, and moving to Sydney is the hardest jockey's room yeah. in in the world, I reckon. It's mm. really hard to break in here. So, um, yeah, you just yeah, it's sort of um, I I couldn't live with James and having to. Imagine, imagine being like, we, oh, we'll share the bath to lose weight. Like, <laughs> it just wouldn't work. Yeah. So, um, something had to give, and I was happy. I was happy for that because I had the opportunity with Channel Seven. So, yeah. 
And that so the, the time when James was disqualified, was that a really difficult period or was it just, you know, just like, okay, I messed up, I'll just see the time out? Or? Um, no, it was awesome, that period. Yeah. Um, I think because we got to travel the world. We yeah. uh, Once I won the group one, yeah. Um, I James and I said, right, let's go. And we spent two months over in Europe. Yeah. Like we'd so never... you guys were together when he got disqualified. Was... Yeah, yeah, cool, cool, yeah. Cool. Before he got disqualified. Yeah. 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 So um, yeah, we spent two months traveling the world, um, doing stuff that we'd never done mm-hmm. before. Like, and we'd... did you completely drop out of the racing world? Like, did you just sort of forget about the racing world for a couple of months? Um, and just I did for a month until I got an email um, from the JRA saying to ride in the world jockeys. Um, series which Rachel King just got back from uh-huh. and I was like this is obviously a joke but no it wasn't and um I had to lose like 10 kilos when I got back <laughs> in a month which wow. which was awesome riding in Japan um but yeah so I was sort of switched off and then switched back on halfway through the trip but yeah no it was awesome um and I think uh, we really grew and um realized that we were going to be together and that was probably the turning point um for moving to Sydney and starting our lives together yeah yeah awesome and so what does the future hold for you guys? I mean, James could ride anywhere around the world he wants. Yeah. Like we had Zach Purton in here the other day and obviously he's been in Hong Kong for a long time, been hugely successful. So I've got two questions sort of on that topic. The first one is, you know, do you think you'll ever, I mean, you don't have to give us too much detail, but do you think you guys ever will live overseas for an extended period of time and James ride and, you know, you do your media stuff? Yeah, if, sorry, if, answer that one first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if he got the opportunity, I yeah. think so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he, at the moment, is um, pretty happy here in Sydney and, mm-hmm. and riding here in Australia. The prize money is extraordinary. Um, but, yeah, and he also gets to fly into Hong Kong mm-hmm. when, he, when he's needed. Yes. Um, so at the moment, I think that works Working for him. Well, yeah. And he goes to Royal Ascot every year if he gets the opportunities. And um, I think that's how he's, he's playing it at the moment. But... Yeah, of course, he's open to, to everything. He loves Europe. He, yes. loves, he thinks it's the, the best jockey's room in the land and um, the best horses. So he really, really loves going over there and riding um, and Hong Kong. So, yeah, no, I, I obviously wherever um, James uh, wants to go, I'm, I'm with him with with Evie and, um, yeah, massive support. Yeah. I suppose, um, he, you know, every jockey needs a good support uh, rock when they come home because, of course, it's such a hard job. Totally. And um, yeah, you know when he when he comes back and has had a bad day at the office, which he did have at Wyong a few weeks mm. ago, um, when he hurt his foot. But uh, yeah, no, it's, it, I just think um, yeah, every good jockey there's um, there's usually a good support behind them. Yeah, and so when we're talking to Zach, Zach's a very focused, competitive person, and mm. he's had a long term plan to set him, him and his wife Nicole up, and he's yeah. pretty much at the end of that now. He's either going to retire this year or next year. He says. And do you and James have a similar plan where James is like, you know, there's a, there's a finite amount of time that I can ride at this level for and I want to set us up so we can you know, have a wonderful life? Is that part of your guys' plan? Um, probably not right now. I mean, he's he's only 31. I suppose yeah. he's um, he's still quite young really. Absolutely. Yeah. He's for another 20 years. Um, yeah, I suppose that absolutely he wants to obviously set us, set us up. Um, that, I suppose everyone wants to do that, don't they, yeah. to retire nice and early. Um, yeah, it would it would be awesome to be in, in the shoes of Zach and be able to retire straight from the saddle. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I suppose – James is such a busy body. It'll be – he'll do something afterwards. He cannot just retire. Yeah. <laughs> no yeah. way. That's what Zach was like too. And Zach sh- had a lot of respect for James too. I was – for a bit of fun, I was trying to play out that there was a rivalry there and he, Zach was like, there's no rivalry. I mean, we're not even in the same country. <laughs> yeah. And then he spoke glowingly of James and just said, you know, he's, he's killing it and he's really happy for him. So yeah, so. I absolutely um, – yeah, I, I, I just uh, – you know, as much as um, he's my – 
my husband, um, I I do uh, really admire him and and what he does and yeah how he's just how he can ride five winners and just ride and and come home and like that's so hard to yeah. do. It's hard to ride one winner, let alone a few on a day. So he's yeah he's uh, he's an incredible um, competitive person and uh, yeah he's uh, he's yeah the best in the world at the moment. Yeah. And do you guys talk about racing much at home or do you just sort of forget about it? Yeah, yeah. not really. No, yeah. I actually don't think he tells me. Um, I don't think he's a very good judge at all, so I don't even ask him about if I. Oh, what do you reckon about this horse? Yeah. He'll he'll just uh, he'll just tell me the wrong thing. So I just do my own stuff, and he does his own stuff, and um, yeah, no, it works well. Yeah, and he's ridden obviously so many incredible horses, won a lot of incredible races. Is there one particular race or a horse that stands out for you that meant a lot to you when he won? Uh, Probably Nature Strip over at Royal Ascot. That was yeah, yeah, it was yeah. incredible. It was, yeah. I suppose, the hype and um, yeah, of that horse who, you know, he won at Everest on and um, who Chris Waller um, just placed beautifully and um, it was a big teamwork. He was obviously a, a horse that was quite strong and I suppose very elegant. Same same sort of horse um, where the the team um, just. Did a, a remarkable job in getting them to settle, um, and I suppose yeah, taking on the world was pretty yeah. awesome. Um, and a horse that we're looking forward to is Romantic Warrior. Yes. Yeah, he absolutely yeah. adores that horse, and yeah. seeing him travel over here, I know he's had a few hiccups yeah. and stuff along the way. He arrived so. on Saturday, didn't he? Romantic yeah, Saturday Warrior. night. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was surprised James wasn't there getting him off the yeah. plane. <laughs> and is Romantic Warrior the plan for him to like? Would he go to Ascon stuff next year? Is this this is the first time he's travelled out of Hong Kong, is it? Yeah, first time he's yeah. travelled. Yeah. yeah. So I I don't know what the plan is. Um, yeah, after that, I'd say go back later. to Hong Kong, um, for the international meeting after he hopefully um, has a successful stint here in Australia. But it's so exciting seeing, seeing a horse from Hong Kong here in Australia. We don't see many yeah. um, and of his calibre. So um, fingers crossed he doesn't let us all down. Yeah, no, it's going to be it's gonna be a really exciting Cox Plate. And I was mm. – listen, I think it might have been Danny O'Brien the other day was saying that it's incredibly strong Cox Plate this year. It's, I think, a bit scaring a few trainers off because the, the level's really, really strong, which is good because yeah. you can often – the quality can fall away in a Cox Plate. Yeah, certainly. And so what about yourself? Like, do you have other goals that you still want to achieve in racing? Yeah, I think I would love to own a Group 1 winner. Mm, yes. I uh, was offered a share in Madame Pomeroy uh -huh. and I wasn't allowed to <laughs> take it. And she went on to win a 1,000 guineas, which yeah. was uh, annoying for me, but I'll find one. But I don't want to. I don't want to. I want to find a cheap one. Like that. That would be awesome. Like yeah. I've got a few horses with my dad. So he paid six thousand dollars for Galbaland, and he's won three races and earned us like seventy thousand dollars in prize money. Like yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fun. And so finishing off, like you got Evie. Is, she, is Evie even one yet, or is she? No, she's only ten months. Ten months. Yeah. And so if she wanted to be a jockey, would you fully encourage her to? And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Whatever she wants to do, as long as she's. Uh, Got her eye on something that she wants to do will be um, will be a massive uh, support for her. Awesome. All right. Well, I think we might finish up there. Perfect. Thank you very Thanks much for, for having in. me. That was good fun. <laughs> Best awesome. luck this spring. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs>